This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Equity Mind. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you can Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. And whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. Now, uh, my name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you? I'm very good, Bryce. Good to be here. Excited for this episode. We are launching a new segment. Mm. We're calling it Mentored. And every time we call it Mentored, we say we need to change the name of it because Mark Boris already has a podcast by that name. But we've managed to get in the studio and start recording and we haven't come up with another name. Well, the technicality is that his podcast is The Mentor. So Okay, okay. <laughs> so, so should we call this The Mentor Duh? Yeah, <laughs> offshoots. Off well, uh, I feel like it's too late now. We're going with it. We're going with it. Mentor. Mark doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's not like he's uh, trademarked the mentor. Well, he actually might have. That's true. He's a pretty savvy businessman. Mark, man. if you're listening. <laughs> so we're going to hit mentored. Then we're going to do another uncovered, a uh, company, an Australian company in the sports world that is extremely topical at the moment. And then we're going to close out with uh, some things we've learned from a few books we've read recently. So jam-packed episode but Mm. Bryce I can see before we get into it there's two things in bold at the top of our Google Doc Mm -hmm. and the first one is the Bombers and Swans are on top of the table. Hell yeah baby, (laughs) hell yeah. (laughs) In fact at the end of round one they were literally both on top. Well at the end of round two the Swans are literally on top (laughs) still. (laughs) Essendon sitting in third place but I just wanted to get it in the notes because it might not last forever with uh, particularly with the Bombers. Swans are looking Swans are looking great. Uh, um, Two relatively easy games. The next four weeks are Melbourne, uh, Port Adelaide, Geelong and another good team. Uh, So this will be this will be the test. We've got a string of, I would say, easier games. I think we've got Saints, though, this weekend. So 2v3, Ross Lyon versus 
Scott. You forgot your coach. <laughs> anyway, that's enough footy chat. We'll save it for the footy podcast that I think no, we no, should we do at some one. point. We're going to bring it in um, here. But, but the other thing in bold at the top of the dock is that after months and months of careful research, trips to Milan to get the latest fashion and to China to understand the latest in manufacturing technology, we're finally able to announce our latest merch line. That's it, Ren. Move over Chanel, Coco Chanel and Pharrell Williams at, where is he now? Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton. (laughs) Equity Mates merch line is here. We've got three brand new T-shirts available at our equitymates.com slash merch shop. No, no, no. Equitymates.com slash shop. So, yeah, equitymates.com <laughs> slash shop. So, the three options we now have available for our limited release pre-orders are now open. We have a premium embroidered Equitymates logo on a white tee. Uh, the, the logo is in our navy blue and red. Uh, so make sure you have a look at that. It is the premium option. Then we've got the FinFest unicorn with a guy drinking a beer on it on the left pocket on a white tee. And we've got the OG Equity Mates logo also on the left pocket in black and white with Ren and I riding the Wall Street bull. Takes us back down memory lane, Ren. But uh, all available for pre-orders now. So make sure you get over there. It, uh, it is a for a limited time. And for the first 50 orders, you're also going to get uh, a very high quality Equity Mates tote bag. And I don't say high quality in jest. It is high quality. I mean, it does sound like you're protesting too much, but they are actually good bags. <laughs> Equitymates.com slash shop, limited time uh, for pre-orders. So check it out. All right. So Bryce, let's get into it. Mentored, uh, working title. What is it? Why are we doing it? I'm super excited about this. Equitymates was was formed as you and I went on the journey of learning to invest when we were listening to podcasts over in America that weren't really speaking to beginner investors and we felt that we could try and publicly learn and we we got to the point at the start of this year and thought how can we continue that journey of learning publicly how can we bring people on the journey as we refine our toolkit of investing skills and and uh, we figured that one way to do that is to partner or pair up with an expert in the industry to actually learn from them. Mm. So we've we've found a mentor each and over the next 12 months or so, we're going to embark on a journey of learning. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe forevermore and we'll just keep finding <laughs> new mentors and keep making podcasts and yes. uh, hopefully make some money investing as well. But, you know, we're big believers in learning in public and, you know, we didn't start Equity Mates with any grand plan, but I think part of what worked with Equity Mates was we were really learning in public. I remember the first episode, we didn't know the difference between an ETF and an LIC. No. Happy to say one of us- we tackle that in the first episode? (laughs) (laughs) I think so, yeah. Um, Surprise people listened. Um, The journey of learning and asking the dumb questions and making mistakes and hopefully getting a little bit better was something that we really enjoyed and it's something that we don't want to lose and so now that we're lucky enough to be in a position where we can get great mentors um we want to keep learning in public and we want to keep asking the dumb questions and so that's what this is going to be all about 
There is a competitive element to it. Always. Always. Uh, you and I are going to go head to head. We're going to invest, uh, not with real money, with uh, hypothetical money, aka paper trade, but yep. we're going to make investment decisions, yes. buying and selling. Yes. There was talk that you were going to try and day trade at one point. I did want it. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, still get might. we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yes. Um, and we're going to go head to head. We're going to see how each of us go. Mm. Um, hopefully it's not like stock of the year, but uh, it should be a bit of fun, a bit of competition. But ultimately, hopefully we learn a lot. Yeah. And hopefully learning in public means that everyone listening can learn from our mistakes. Yes. Well. Now, this we, you mentioned stock of the year. The, the massive difference here is, A, we've got a mentor, but we're, but we're going to be recording every conversation we have with our mentor, be it at the pub, be it at their house, be it at, at, the, at the office, wherever it is, whenever we're learning, whatever our thoughts are, we're going to be recording it and bringing it to you over the next uh, year or so, whatever the time period is. We haven't actually figured it out you yet. Keep, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> in that spirit, Bryce, yes. when we decided to reach out to mentors... Mm. We had to record the call. We did. And hope we wouldn't get rejected. Yes. So <laughs> this call, these two calls are us, Ren and I, putting ourselves on the line. This is We're going to be very vulnerable throughout this process. And uh, we gave our mentors a call to hopefully see if they would say yes. All righty, here we go. About to give, uh, give my mentor, Henry Jennings. Well, hopefully my mentor. I haven't actually asked him yet. That is the purpose of this call to see if old mate Henry Jennings from Marcus today, <coughs> not sponsored, will be my uh, will be my mentor, coach, guru, whatever you want to call it, uh, over the next little while to help me beat Ren. Hello, young Bryce. Henry, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? I am also very well. It's- so I guess the first question is, Henry, will you be my mentor? Bryce, I would love to be your mentor, <laughs> although I do, I, I'm already feeling the pressure. No, there's say. no pressure. There's no pressure. Who, who did Ren choose as his? So Ren has gone with Andrew Page. Oh, good choice. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to be called mentor, coach, guru, or just HJ? Do you have a nickname? <laughs> um, I, HJ is <laughs> Let's not get too pretentious about it. Hello, Andrew speaking. Hey, Andrew. It's Alec from Equity Mates. How are you going? I'm good, Alec. Uh, How's things? Good, good. Have I caught you at an all right time? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm just going for a wonder. So as long as you can hear me all right on the headset, I'm I'm good to go. Andrew Page, will you be my mentor? (laughs) Dude, I'm very flattered and humbled. Uh, I'd love to be. I'd love to be. Great. So, Ren, as you heard in, in my call, we, uh, congratulations on landing Andrew Page. Thank uh, you. He's been on the show for a number of times. We've chatted to him on Ausbiz. He came to FinFest. He is a great investor. Yes. And uh, formidable opponents well, for, for Henry and I. Yeah, interesting <laughs> that Henry's already shaking in his boots. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. He's not. But um, so, so why Andrew? So I think Andrew, for me, embodies the kind of investor I want to be. Um, oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> like very uh, agnostic to what the market's doing day to day, not worried about momentum, um, very much like a bottom-up stock picker, company analysis, like all of that stuff that uh, we talk about on the show, um, you know, long-term, looking for compounders, looking for those few really high-quality companies. So, yeah, that's why. Uh, nice. Why Henry? 
a couple of reasons. So firstly, um, A, it's just going to be guaranteed a good vibe. <laughs> Every time we chat to uh, Henry, uh, it's just an enjoyable conversation. But I think what, what uh, came for me is that he, he often plays in an area of the market, and I think similar to Andrew as well, uh, in, the, in the small to mid-cap space and comes across really interesting companies and seems to just have a pretty decent grip on, on what, is, what is going on. And, and his investment sort of approach as we'll jump into next time we, we chat with him, but is, is really born from sort of catalyst and, uh, and narrative. And I want to really sort of bring that into to my investing approach. To shine a light on what I'm talking about, Ren, I did ask Henry in our conversation if he could just give me a bit of uh, an indication on how he's seeing the market at the moment. So uh, let's pick it up at that point in the conversation. How are you generally seeing the market at the moment? Like in terms of your set of opportunities, how is it kind of faring to say 12 months ago and, and what's your general outlook for the, the next sort of 12 months? I have to say uh, it is a confusing time in the market. However, there are a few things that stand out and I, I do get the feeling that one, interest rates have peaked but I'm not in the we're going to be cutting soon camp because if you look back over history, interest rates around 4 4.5% is kind of where they've been for a long, long time up till the GFC, which changed the game. So if we take the GFC out of it and suggest that maybe that was an anomaly, uh, then maybe we're going back to 4 4.5%. Um, so I think we're going to be on pause for a long time, higher for longer, but more like average. I actually are relatively... Um, well, slightly bullish on the Australian market short term. I think there are a number of issues that we have to get through. One is the May budget. Secondly is the June tax loss selling period and the selling May and go away. We saw a pretty horrible market last June as people just tipped everything out. So that will present an opportunity in July. What has given me cause for positivity, I must admit, is corporates are slinging money at stuff like there's no tomorrow. And we're not talking about little takeovers. We are talking about big, earth-shattering takeovers. Now, it may be that analysts and brokers are all down and in the dumps about things, but you look at Brookfield lobbying for Origin, you look at Arbemile lobbying for Liontown, you look at um, the Maltesers look, uh, lobbying for United Malt Group, you look at, uh, there's a whole bunch of them out there at the moment, IVC, you know, Invercare. Um, you've got Qantas still in play with Alliance Aviation. So there is a heap of money being chucked at this by people who are either um, way too optimistic and just being silly or they know something that the market doesn't or they're just using this as a really good opportunity when things are so negative because of this noise about interest rates and uh, inflation and US banks, etc., and European banks to make these long-term strategic acquisitions. And that kind of gives me hope uh, that um, there, is, there is hope out there. I think the market does look in places. I think you've got to be very selective in the stocks and you've got to, um, you've got to do your homework. But without question, I think there's some great opportunities at the moment. And there will be, especially if we do see a further sell-off in May, June, uh, but um, at the moment, I just I just feel we've got a little April could be a better month. 
Henry Jennings always got his finger on the pulse. Absolutely. Always got an angle that he's thinking about. So I feel like you're going to have some uh, really interesting uh, stocks, mm. maybe some out of left field ones. Hopefully. Andrew and I didn't get so much into what's going on in markets, but it was interesting to hear Andrew's thoughts on why he, and I assume Henry as well, would um, agree to be our mentors because we do really appreciate them making the time and mm. sharing their knowledge and especially doing it on mic. There's a bit of risk for these guys. Time. Like if we suck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it shouldn't reflect poorly on them, but, you know, we could let them down in I a know, big way. I know, but, but If this peters out, you'll know why. It won't peter out. <laughs> we'll do it. But, yeah, Andrew explained why he was excited to to be a mentor. I'm excited about it because I think selfishly it's also a great chance um, to gain more experience for myself. You know, like one of the best ways to learn is to teach, so to speak. And I think when you're sort of forced to try and convey ideas and, and express them with more clarity, it, it helps your own thinking, right? It helps, it helps. And your responses to that and your experiences with that is really valuable feedback. So I'm hoping you get as much out of it as you do, frankly, mate. Great, great. As long as you don't uh, hope to learn how to become a better investor because I don't know if I've got a lot to teach you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, though? It's, it, it, it's that learn to be a better investor is a process that never stops. Like you can learn to juggle to a certain capability and like you've either done it or you haven't. With, with investing, it's just like it really, I know it's a bit hackneyed and corny, but it, it, it is a journey that never ends. I love that, Ren. Um, it's something that we learned at uni. Teaching others helps teach yourself and underst- and solidifies your your understanding of things. So I'm really looking forward to listening to uh, the progress that you two make over the next little while as well. I think you've got a, a great mentor there in, in Andrew. So that's kind of where we're at. The ne- next week, we're going to pick it up with uh, conversations from our very first session with our mentors. We're going to be uh, really unpacking what the, the next little period is going to be like and the approach that we're going to take. And uh, Ren, who knows where this is going to go, but I'm, I'm super pumped. We will be transparent if we do make any actual investments through this. Otherwise, as you said, it will be all paper, hypothetical trading. We're going to uh, track how we're going on our website along with the Equity Mates portfolio. It's all kind of going to get wrapped up into one and uh, may the best man win. Yes, yeah. (laughs) Well, may we both learn a lot. But you said, I'm not sure where this is going to go. I have an inkling where it's going to go. Where's that? Because we have done another uncovered article on a company and the first thing you said was, I'm going to take this to Henry next week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, because, I mean, Henry said, like, he's looking for this or he's looking at this opportunity to to get new ideas himself and, like, take us, take his approach through what we, we kind of bring to him. And so, so what you said was, oh, Ren did an uncovered article on a company. I'm going to take that idea. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's no, there's no new ideas in investing. There's no points for originality. Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Now let, let's get to this uncovered because it's a fascinating company and full disclosure, I do own some of it. And for, for those that have just joined, welcome to the Equity Mates community. Uncovered is a series that we do where we shine a light on companies that are not covered as much as some of the bigger companies in Australia and around the world. There are some fascinating companies with awesome stories and we're going to do our best to, uh, to bring them to you. So Bryce, uh, 
we mentioned at the top that uh, the AFL season is back on, the rugby league season is back on. We're loving getting into the sport. You're loving getting into the sports betting. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> There's no doubt one of the biggest stories of the year is concussions and head injuries. Mm. A class action of more than 60 former AFL players are seeking compensation. A second AFL class action has also been launched. The NRL changed their rules to require players to take more time out uh, after getting a concussion. A parliamentary Senate inquiry has been launched into head trauma in contact sport and the AFL has pledged $25 million to fund a a study into the long-term effects of concussions and head knocks on players. That's all been headlines of the past month or so. Mm. It's it's big, it's and, big and it makes sense that it's big because the long-term effects, the effects of CTE, which is like a degenerative brain Chronic, disease. traumatic, uh, encep- encephalopathy. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so given that this is all in the news, when Simon from the Equity Mates community suggested a company that was working on this problem for Uncovered, it felt like a natural fit. Mm. So shout out to Simon for suggesting the company. A reminder to everyone else, if you want us to uncover a company, uh, you can suggest it via email, contact at equitymates.com or on the Facebook discussion group or the website forum. And and Ren, just a clear reminder, we will be incredibly transparent if we own these companies, which Ren was at the top. Otherwise, this is not a buy, hold or sell recommendation in any way. We are just bringing you a company that is not covered for you to make your further decisions. So yeah, yeah, this is not uh, a buy, hold or sell. Now that it is appropriately disclaimed, <laughs> what is the company? Right, the company today is Hit IQ ASX ticker HIQ, and it is very much playing in uh, the space of uh, concussions or not preventing, but. Uh, being able to provide more data uh, to, to athletes to help them better manage uh, concussions. Mm. Now, here's a stat for you. According to Hit IQ, uh, the average footy player sustained an average of 13 head impacts per game in 2022. Wow. Yeah. How do they know that? Well, that leads to their key product, a smart mouth guard. The smart mouth guard. So, Ren, you've played footy? Well. <laughs> I've played footy better. Averagely. Better. Better. We've both worn mouth guards. Traditionally, mouth guards just protect your teeth. <laughs> there's, there's nothing oh, more. Oh, you have played footy. There's nothing, there's nothing more involved. But the, the Hit IQ's mouth guard is just your traditional mouth guard but with sensors in it to monitor any head impact mm. and the monitoring of any head impact is uh, particularly relevant uh, because according to Hit IQ, 50% of concussions go undetected and unmanaged. Yeah, and pretty so, scary. Yeah, it is scary. And I think it's, it's probably worth calling out like as a child, I thought a concussion was you had to be knocked out. Yeah. But it's fast becoming obvious that that is not the definition of a concussion. You can be concussed multiple times a game mm. and still play on and, and not be knocked out and dragged off on a stretcher. Mm. And so that that's the the damage that is coming to light. It's repeated head knocks that aren't sort of like, oh, my gosh, I'm concussed right now. I need to go off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Were you ever concussed? Once. Really? Yeah, yeah. But I blacked out on the field for like two seconds and then came good and kept playing. Didn't 
Didn't no, get dragged. No stretcher. The, no. They, the, but I, I did walk off because as a result of being cussed, I also got a massive corky. And because uh, when I got hit, his knee went into my thigh and I was hobbled off. So pretty weak from me. And then what, then head clash as well? Yeah, head clash and cork. He just—I just got this unbelievable hip and shoulder out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the only time I've been tackled in football. Only time they tackled. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so Hit IQ—they've um, been kicking around for a few years. In 2019, they were testing their mouth guards with a number of professional uh, footy players. Um, they're. Uh, in the write-up that we've posted on the website, we've actually embedded a video of a hit between Fremantle's Nat Fife and St Kilda's Josh Battle. Battle happened to be wearing a hit IQ mouthguard. So they've actually got data on how big the hit was and Nat Fife got knocked out um, from this hit. Battle absorbed a force of nearly 54 Gs. Now, I that number didn't really mean anything to me, but you were doing some research. That, that number blows me away because I don't know if you've seen Top Gun, the most recent one in the fighter jets or... I haven't seen the most recent one. Okay, but most people know that fighter pilots experience a lot of G-forces when they're ripping around and doing loops and in dog dog fights. <laughs> On average, they experience nine Gs, wow. uh, up to nine Gs. And that's when they're like, you know, they've got pressure clothes and they're holding on for dear life. So 54 Gs as a concussion is like, that. that is incredibly, that's incredible. Can you give me like, what is a 54 G equivalent? Is it like getting... I mean, run over by a car or like when you're taking off in a rocket up to space, you're experiencing only three and a half G's. But wait, wait, you're saying like a fighter pilot is nine, but a rocket taking off is three. That's what I'm getting. Is this scale inverse? Is it like golf? No, no. (laughs) Do and and the other one that experience a lot time and time again is um, Formula One drivers. So Formula One drivers experience about 6G on average. I've just looked up how many Gs of force getting hit by a car. Um, According to the first website that I found, (laughs) wearing a seatbelt and travelling 30 miles an hour and getting in a front-end collision with a fixed object, 30 Gs of force. Yeah, okay, wow. So... It's Almost incredible. double that. It's incredible. So we've probably done enough on G. G comparison. At this point. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ren. So bringing it back on track after our comparison of G's, what Hit IQ have done now is actually develop a, a consumer product um, for you, you and I, average um, players out in the footy field, which launched in early 2023. But now everyday athletes are able to purchase one of their smart mouthguards from their website for two hundred and nine dollars a pop. Which feels kind of cheap. I agree. Because yeah. I reckon if you went to a dentist and got a molded mouth guard, not like Rebel Sport where you have to bite down on it for a while, yeah. um, but <laughs> <laughs> if you get like a proper molded one at a dentist, I reckon you're paying a few hundred bucks. Easy. But maybe you have to buy the Hit IQ thing and then you pay the few hundred it bucks. It actually says athletes then need to go to a dentist to get the mouth guard at it molded to their teeth. That is great due diligence. <laughs> <laughs> you wrote it. Still, a couple of extra hundred bucks to be able to track head knocks. You can understand how if this technology works and that that's the big if at this point, every parent would be doing it. Yeah. yeah. Well, in good news, uh, Hit IQ have also partnered with Booper to make their mouth guards available to patients of Booper at their dentists. I'm not with Booper, but 
added bonus. Yeah. So all it really does at this stage, Ren, is it just gives you information on, I guess, on the severity of the hit. Yeah. It lets you know, A, you've been hit and this is... The amount of force. The amount of force, how hard you've been hit. I did ask the question when we were doing the research on this, does it then go the next stage and kind of help you understand how to prevent the long-term effect of concussion, CTE? And it, it's, well, those, those two are different. Yeah, yeah and at but this yeah, stage yeah. It's, it's not saying, hey, you need to stop playing footy now, you've had too many hits. It's yeah. just letting you know, hey, you have been hit, which is on the path to being able to, I guess, manage it. More yeah, and that might be a bit of an impossible task because I feel like no one quite knows the answer to that. Like how many head knocks do you need before you start to develop, like do you start to develop CTE because it, it emerges so much later. But even just how many concussions is too many concussions. Mm. If anyone is going to have the data to start to be able Absolutely. to make those determinations, it's going to be companies like this. And that's probably the key call out. Companies like this, like what they're doing is cool. But when I was looking at this company, it did make me think, is there anything stopping other companies from getting in this game? I mean... I mean, uh, you can say it's, that with a lot of companies. Yeah. But I, that, I, like, if we're talking about it as investors, that's probably a key thing I would think about. I mean, there'd probably be a fair bit of R&D that goes into this, but... Um, Definitely. Yeah, and, and some patents and IP. Yeah, um, they, they also do have a first mover advantage and they've got partnerships with a lot of big sporting leagues, which we'll get to. So, Ren, let's let's take a look at the financials. The The market cap at the moment is about $7 million. Okay. So it's quite small. Uh, very much listed on the small micro to small cap of... Uh, area of the ASX, but they brought in $2.5 million for the final six months of 2022. And this was a big step up from 400000 it brought in the first mm, month. Mm. So kudos. Uh, they're obviously not profitable. No. Just getting going. Made a $1.6 million loss in the last six months of 2022. But like all things that we do on Uncovered, we, we try and unpack actually the numbers that matter. Well, with this one, it felt a little bit hard. Like the... It's almost too early to start looking at revenue growth rates or, you know, um, the amount of mouth guards out there and stuff like that. At this stage, it felt like the re- the thing to really watch is the trials with professional sports teams mm. because where the professional players go, the amateurs will follow. So right now, Hit IQ are trialling their mouth guards with a number of sporting leagues around the world from, you know, some of the Australian teams we've spoken about. I think the Waffle, the Western Australian Football League, just signed a deal to give all the Waffle players these mouth guards. Um, Scottish Rugby Union, a couple of college NFL teams uh, in the US. Um, You know, a a bunch of different leagues around the world are trialling this technology. Um, And then HitIQ also have a – it's a CSX is the – business unit but it's a concussion assessment platform and so it helps medical officials at games figure out if players have concussions I guess it like baselines their um, you know the answers to those cognitive questions and then it allows them to input data when they uh, player gets taken off for a head injury assessment and stuff like that um, that is being that was trialed at the Rugby League World Cup the NRL are using it the AFL are using it New Zealand Rugby and Cricket are using it English uh, cricket are using it. The English Premier League are using it. So like all trials in different stages. And so for me, the key question with all of this is, do these trials get converted 
to long-term agreements and do they get converted into revenue? Mm. And so that for me is the game at this point. That's the question. And if all of a sudden all of these players are using the hit IQ smart mouth guard, you know that all of a sudden every parent will be doing the same because they're worried about their kids and, you know, adult athletes will as well because, mm. yeah. So for me that like it, it's so early on this company. Very early, 7 million market cap. Small. Yeah. It really relates to what is topical at the moment. Money is being poured in by leagues into the research and prevention of concussion as more and more litigation comes. It's something that sports are definitely putting a focus on. So whether or not Hit IQ can play a part in the prevention of that, uh, time will tell, but love it. You can understand why now I'm going to take it to Henry. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll be fascinating because for all we know, Henry will be like, just shred us for even bringing it to him. Yeah, well, do you want me to do it? Shows how much we know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do it. Do okay, it. I'll yeah. take to him and see what he says. The article on our website includes a lot of videos about how the mouth guard works and um, that some of the sports highlights that we were talking about earlier uh, that – um, then relate to what the mouth guard tracked, I guess, or collected. Um, so head to equitymates.com if you want to read that. We'll put the link to the article in the show notes. And just a final shout out, thank you to Simon for suggesting this company. We want to hear your suggestions. We want to uncover companies that you want to learn more about. Uh, so hit us up and let us know. So we're going to take a quick break. And then on the other side, Ren, you call Disney CEO Bob Iger. You don't literally call him. But you call him a hypocrite and I'm really interested to understand why because he's quite a, he's a bit of an idol for me. So on the other side of this, Ren calls Disney CEO Bob Iger a hypocrite. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right, well, welcome back. We've just uh, covered, mentored and uncovered two series that will continue throughout 2023, two that we're super, super keen on as well. And we're introducing not a new segment, but we're reviving one, Ren, and that is Book Club. Yeah, is that what we're calling it? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> now, for long-time listeners of Equity Mates, they re- may remember we used to do uh, Book Club every month. Bryce managed to kill that segment by choosing a 700-page book on John D. Rockefeller that you then didn't read. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And after that, um, it all felt a little bit too hard. But we love reading uh, books, uh, business books, investing books. We find 
that in terms of what has delivered the most value in us becoming better investors, the just the long-term nature of books um, certainly helps more than the short-term nature of financial media. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of the best investors in the world, the best business leaders in the world have taken the time to share their knowledge in books and it's worth reading it. So two books that I've read recently that I wanted to talk about and one is your go-to in terms of recommendations, I think. Yeah, is that I, fair to say? Yeah, I read it a while ago and, and have recommended it to a lot of people. A lot of people have read it and re-recommended it themselves. And I think what's great about this book as well is the people that I've recommended it to are not big readers of business and finance books and have thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, so the book is Ride of a Lifetime, uh, the Disney book by Bob Iger, not a new book by any stretch. Mm -hmm. But I just I never got around to reading it. It's mm. sat in my Kindle library for ages. Finally got around to reading it. And as you said, Bryce... I think Bob Iger's a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah, well, talk us through it. Well, towards the end, he writes about leadership. Well, he writes about leadership throughout. But towards the end, he talks about um, how leaders hang on for too long. And he implies, I don't think he ever says it explicitly, but he implies that Michael Eisner, the C Disney CEO before him, hung on too long. And that a lot of Eisner's like big wins in the early days, like Disney animation in the 1990s, over time it kind of atrophied under Eisner and they centralised a lot of power in that strategic planning unit and Disney as a company struggled. And then Bob Iger in 2022 turns around uh, and boots uh, the Disney CEO out of his job and yeah. takes it back. Yeah, Just ironic. The ultimate act of hypocrisy. Yeah. CEOs stay on for too long. Well, what are you I'm, doing? I'm coming back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did do a very good job, and I, I still question whether or not they let Bob have a proper crack at it. Like, Bob Chapek. Yeah. He was under pressure pretty much from the get go. And he came in like a month before COVID, or even less. Yeah. And like and early 2020. Yeah. It's like, give the guy a bit of time. But anyway. Shareholders weren't happy and there was a big blow up with the board from memory. And um, um, Ron DeSantis. And Ron DeSantis, yeah. And, uh, and Bobby's back. I reckon it's a rookie move from him. I don't, I don't think it's going to improve his legacy. Bob Iger? Yeah. Well, it depends what he does. I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, I thought he was your hero. Was. <laughs> <laughs> was. Fair enough. He's lost me. He's lost yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I mean, look. But I, I mean, I, I really like amazing business leader. I think, and that, and that really came through in the book. What he did at Disney was pretty impressive. Yeah. What he bought at Disney was pretty impressive. There we go. <laughs> I did. That was my biggest takeaway from the book. There was everything. All of his big moments were about acquisitions, mm. and there's nothing wrong with that. But. Um, I thought it was notable. It was Pixar, then it was Marvel, then it was Lucasfilms, then 21st Century Fox, and then BAM Tech, mm. which is the technology underpinning Disney Plus's streaming service. Mm. Yeah. I mean, all very, uh, very successful uh, acquisitions. Yeah. So he's, he's, he did do well on that front. And even uh, getting insight into his conversations with uh, the late Steve Jobs at Apple mm. um, was fascinating and how you know, getting insight into how Steve thought and worked as well was, was really interesting. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely recommend this book. 
Yeah. The, I mean, the investing takeaway for me, and this isn't new news, but Disney's ability to monetize IP and like the long tail of monetization opportunities is just unmatched. Like they create good IP or in Bob Iger's case, he buys good IP from Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilms, 21st Century Fox. And then it's not just the movie that they make, but it's the toys and games it's the theme park ride it's the disney cruise and disney on ice Mm. show it's the you know uh whatever else they've just got so many ways to monetize ip it's pretty impressive and it it does make me wonder why you know the other big like houses of ip like uh, warner brothers discovery aren't doing more of that like i'm sure they're trying but yeah it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Ren. So your second book uh, that you want to bring to light is Lights Out, Pride, Delusion and the Fall of General Electric. Yeah. So this one uh, was the opposite of most business books. A lot of business books will m- memorialize how well a company did. Ride of a Lifetime about Disney, Shoe Dog about Nike. But this one is the opposite. It's about the fall of GE. And to contextualize just how... So, GE was the biggest company in America uh, like by market cap in 2000. Uh, it had just gone through 20 years of Jack Welch as CEO um, and he had introduced all those business management practices that strategy teams love, you know, Six Sigma and mm. all of that stuff. You, mm. you would have a belt, Six Sigma belt. Is that <laughs> what they call it? Black no, you can get that, but I, I don't have one. But you want one? No, I don't. It's too, that is too process driven for me. Should we put you through the course? That's like ultimate process. Ultimate? Oh, like, yeah, that's, you've got to obsess over process. I feel like you do. Nah, (laughs) nah. (laughs) Nah, uh, but so in 2000, top of the world, and then 20 years later, it's a shell of its former self. Mm. So it's a really interesting company to, to look at why it fell and the biggest takeaway for me and a real reminder for everyone that invests in individual stocks the importance of accounting not sexy but really important here and two real examples that illustrate it throughout the book GE massaged their numbers didn't do anything illegal at the time but massaged their numbers pre-2008 GE had a finance division and it was originally set up to help their big cust- like help customers buy their products you know if you need to buy a uh, power turbine or a you know a massive x-ray machine from GE medical uh, you might need help financing that and so GE created a finance arm to help that but over time they really used it to massage their profitability numbers and what they would do is at the end of each quarter if they weren't going to deliver their numbers um, GE Finance would buy something from a GE business unit so that GE business unit could then recognise it as profit and then like you know they would then lease it back and stuff like that. So it was a lot of like um, moving things around within the company and GE Financial got bigger and bigger after – so Welch did it a little bit but after Jeff – Emil took over, uh, it happened more and more. And that was a real way that GE was delivering just... Dodgy. Um, consistent. Cons- super consistent mm. growth. Mm. Um, you know, investors loved that because it was predictable. But then in 2008, the global financial crisis happened and GE Financial really suffered. 
I think around that time as well, there was obviously a big crackdown on accounting with like Enron and WorldCom and a bunch of those companies. And so they couldn't do that as much, but accounting still played a major role in GE's uh, life after that because post-2008, they found another way to massage their numbers. Again, not do anything that was illegal, but certainly massaged. Um, GE would sell a big piece of industrial equipment like a medical device or a power turbine or a jet engine and then have service contracts. A lot of the time, they actually didn't make a lot of money selling the big piece of equipment. They made a lot of money on the service contract. The way that they delivered their profits um, when they needed to massage the numbers was if you change the assumptions in the service contract, you can change the profitability of that contract. And so what I mean is let's say over the next 20 years, Boeing agrees to spend $100 million with us to service the jet engines. But we assume that we're going to incur like $90 million worth of cost to deliver that contract. Then there's like $10 million of profit left on the contract. But if we just change the assumptions and we change and we assume that, oh, we're actually only going to need to spend $80 million over the next 20 years to deliver that contract, all of a sudden that's an extra $10 million mm. worth of profit. Mm. And so that's like a very basic example, but rough, rough, that's what they were doing. Dodgy. Yeah. Dodgy, dodgy. But it was just a real reminder for me the importance of accounting and just it's not sexy, it's not glamorous, it's often a grind, but doing the work to understand the numbers and how the numbers flow into what what is happening at the company is so important. Mm. Did anyone actually pick it up though? That's the question. Or was it in hindsight that it all sort of came Well, to I light, think a lot of it, I mean? well. Like was there, did, it, did anyone come out with a big short? Good question. Mm. Uh, they didn't really write about that. Mm. I mean, it was a lot more about what was happening inside the at company the time, than yeah. out of it. But another good reminder, I think, is that, you know, we've spoken about this on the show before, but companies die. As you said, in 2000, it was the biggest company uh, listed. Um, now it's somewhat down in the, the 60s or thereabouts. But indexes are forever, meaning that uh, if you'd bought GE, you'd, you'd obviously now lost a fair bit of your, your, your value. But if you'd held the index, then you would have had the biggest companies that exist now rise to the top. Yeah. And uh, that index just keeps on growing. Yeah. In 1980, IBM was the biggest company in the S&P 500. In 2000, GE was the biggest company in the index. In 2020, Apple, obviously. And those individual companies' fortunes may change. And while it may not feel like it now, at some point, Apple will get booted off the top of the index and their fortunes will change. But the index will keep grinding higher, driven by new companies, new technologies, new business models and new entrepreneurs. So, Ren, just to quickly close out, what are you reading now? The Caesars Palace Coup, how a billionaire brawl over the famous casino exposed the power and greed of Wall Street. Is this Trump? Pretty enticing. No, it's about Caesars Palace, you know, the big casino? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then wasn't they, he involved in that? I don't think it was about Trump. I think uh, Trump's casinos were in Atlantic City. That's right. And they all went bankrupt. That's right. Yeah, they yeah. went bust. Yeah. yeah, not surprising. Not surprising. <laughs> So I'm reading one that's just been released, Ren, The Millionaire's Factory. Um, uh, the Macquarie book? Yeah, yeah. The, the inside story of how Macquarie Bank became a global giant. So that's my nonfiction. But then fiction, um, I'm still working through it slowly. I actually just keep passing out when I go to sleep reading it, which is a good thing. I do that intentionally. But uh, it's Over My Dead Body, a classic Jeffrey Archer 
murder mystery. Okay, you yeah. love a murder mystery. I do, I yeah. do. I don't mind a bit of fiction just before bed. But anyway, Ren, that brings us um, to the end of our episode. Um, please send the podcast on to a friend if you can. One of the best ways for a podcast to grow is through word of mouth. And we would really appreciate it if you could just let anyone in your network know about Equity Mates. And thanks for the great feedback regarding our Chris Joy episode. If you haven't listened to it already, we released it on Monday last week. And uh, he has some pretty interesting um, comments on A, where he thinks the market is going over the next 12 months and B, uh, where the property market specifically is also going over the next 12 months. But uh, we'll pick it up next week with uh, a continuation of Mentored, which we're really excited about. Uh, But otherwise, Ren, always great to chat and we'll pick it up next week. Sounds good. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.